Every single player who's come to Michigan State since 2007 has a ring on their finger. I'm going to be a coach here for a long time. It's not over. It's just starting. But just remember, pride comes before the fall. So you might as well just come out and say what you're, what's your feeling at some point in time, because you know I can only be diplomatic for so long. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is, well, shoot, I guess it's Friday still. It's 10 p.m. here, Friday, September 13th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for joining me for today's episode. So my power is back. Just came back a little bit ago after about uh, two straight days without power. If you listened to the show yesterday, you know, um, was able to sort of make things work, get a show out late. My computer, um, unfortunately, is at a state in its life where if it's not plugged in to a power source, sometimes it doesn't work. And just so happened to be that uh, yesterday, today was one of those days. So I wasn't able to record and then go uh, to a place with internet and upload it. And my wife's computer uh, couldn't download the, uh, the the audio software, I guess, onto her computer to be able to record there. Uh, and she had it at work uh, as well on Thursday. It was just uh, a mess, frankly. Um, crazy storms came through and knocked out power to a ton of people. Uh, we were one of the last to uh, get their power back. There's still some people without power um, that are going on two plus days, and it's just a big pain in the butt. And, you know, for those reasons, wasn't able to get shows out, but I got it back and I thought, you know, I, I, I feel like I need to do a show for you guys need to get, you know, sort of a preview, what to expect type show out there for you. I know it's super late, but you know, maybe you're listening to this here Friday night, uh, after I get it published, it'll go up as soon as I'm done with it. Uh, or maybe, you know, are listening Saturday, I thought, you know, driving up to campus for a tailgate, or if you're hanging around in the morning, cleaning up, watching college game day or something, getting ready for the day of college football, you could uh, flip this on quick half hour show to, you know, last little thing to get you ready for the Michigan State, Arizona State game. No guests today, had one lined up, that fell through, uh, understandably, she, uh, Michelle Gardner, um, who covers Arizona State for uh, azcentral.com had it lined up with her beat reporter for Arizona State and you know it's too late to be like hey you want to come uh, on the show now uh, and then tomorrow would just be there would be no time and just so that that fell through understandably and so we're just gonna go me alone three segments uh, telling you about what to expect for this game Reminder to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. You can find this podcast. Okay, let's... Um, oh, I guess I should tell you what's going to be on the show. Well, it's just basically a preview. We're going to talk about Arizona State. Uh, I have... I guess it's sort of a hot take uh, about what could happen if this game if Michigan State wins being. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the point spread as well. Uh, talk more about Arizona State's defense and how I think Michigan State can attack them. So let's jump into it. Okay, so the place I want to start is uh, actually with the point spread. 
Um, and I, I don't think I'll do a whole segment here, but I, I just wanted to get going on that because I think it's really interesting. And I think point spreads can be an indicator in a lot of ways. They are usually challenging conventional wisdom. Uh, they can point out when we, the public, fans, media, are overreacting to recent results, even a string of two or three games, uh, when it doesn't always kind of hold true in the way we like to think. And so Michigan State opened as an 11-point favorite over Arizona State, and that number has ballooned up to 14.5 points, which uh, I think is a fair-ish line, but it's kind of interesting. 80% of the bets right now are on Michigan State. Uh, 80% of public bets are on Michigan State. And when you see a side like that, when the public is really betting a side like that, it's a spot where professional gamblers, people who do this for a living, can kind of take advantage. And I think that might be the case here. And I think what has happened with this line is it's sort of settled into an appropriate spot. You know, opening at 11 was maybe a little low and a bunch of people jumped right on it because if you look at it, Michigan State coming off an absolutely dominant performance, scoring 51 points. Everyone knows about the defense and so on. You know, you look at that and go, oh, Michigan State's got it going on offense. That defense is crazy. They're going to light up Arizona State. 11 points is nothing. And then you look at Arizona State. Man, they barely beat FCS uh, Sacramento State. 19-7. to What is that crap? Like, they are not very good. This thing should be way bigger than that. And that's a spot where I think you can get yourself in trouble if you're looking at that, and if you look at a line and go, that's wrong, <laughs> then you might be wrong because generally the lines are very appropriately set. Sometimes Vegas will do a bad line, rarely. Um, but in this case, I think it was set at that point and huge money came in on Michigan State and they jumped it up to try to balance those books. And now it's sitting at a place 14 and a half where it makes sense, I think, to take Arizona State there. Um, so it was just an interesting point spread and the way to, or the way it, the way it jumped up and the way we can sort of psychoanalyze that and see what the public likes and how that might play into what this ultimate result is, because I think recency bias is playing a huge role in this one. And just like I said, after the Tulsa game to not get too down on the offense, uh, and I said after the Western game to not get too high on the offense, it's sort of a reminder of that, uh, Arizona state is a good team. Michigan State's better than them. Arizona State is young at really important spots, and I think that's going to be the difference in this game, but they are really talented, and the fact that it's a 14-point spread, and that's what Western Michigan closed at, like, don't read into that like Michigan State's going to just dominate Arizona State. I, I don't think it's going to play out that way. I think it's going to be a much tighter affair, and I think kind of we can look at the point spread and how it climbed and what the public is feeling and play in that recency bias and sort of make the connections there and see that, hey, this thing might be a little closer than we think. But I do think it falls in that like 10 to 14 point range. Um, you know, like I said, at 14 and a half, I might lean Arizona State there. All right. So that's what I wanted to say on the point spread. One more thing here uh, before I tell you about vivid seats. Um, I want to talk about this uh, apparent hot take that I have, although I don't, I guess there's a fair amount of 
people in agreement with me, but I want to tell you where it came from. I said on Twitter that if Michigan State dominates Arizona State, which again, I just told you that they, I don't think they will, but if they do, say it's 38 to 10, 42 to 13, 42 to 10, so just an absolute wash. The key is Michigan State kind of lights up the Arizona State defense. If that happens, then I am pretty much 100% in on the offense being some a unit that can be a top 30-ish unit. Uh, coming into the season, I thought top 50, uh, if the changes were good, if the changes were smart, is kind of an appropriate spot for them to end up. You know, good skill players, uh, experienced quarterback, questions on the line, you know, good scheme. That's about a top 50 offense. Um, if they light up Arizona State, I think that's a really good sign that they can be a top 30 offense. And if you pair a top 30 offense with a top five defense and a top 10 or so special teams unit, to me, that's a top five to 10 team in college football. They're not going to be ranked there. We know how the rankings work. They slowly trudge on up. But as the season wears along, I think that'll be a really impressive performance that you can look back on and be like, wow, that was one we knew. Yeah, Michigan State, the offense could sustain something not just mediocre, but pretty solid, pretty good. Uh, and if they do that against Arizona State, then I'm kind of in. Some people want to wait till Northwestern, and I understand that. Um, but based on what they've changed, how they've changed, what type of scheme they're running, if they're able to light up a defense like Arizona State's, then I'm going to be all in. And I say that because right now, yes, Arizona State played Kent State and Sacramento State. But they are the number seven ranked team in SP plus defense, which is an efficiency metric that is adjusted for tempo and opponent. And so the fact that they're that high in that, they've they've jumped up both times. Um, they have a really good secondary. They can stop the run. They are an attack of, uh, an aggressive attacking defense. I, I think they're a legit defense. They're going to be a top 30 defense this season. I don't think they stay in the top 10 in terms of SP+, plus, but I think they end up as a really good defense and a really good test. And if Michigan State can kind of light them up a bit, that is a huge sign that this offense is absolutely for real and what they're doing uh, is sustainable. So that was sort of the hot take I got out there. I had some people kind of come back at me like, who's Arizona State played? We don't even know if they're good. We don't know if they're good, but I think we know that the defense is pretty good. I think based on the two, like they held Kent State to like 192 yards. I don't care who you're playing, holding anyone to 192 total yards is really impressive. So I think this is a good defense. It's a legit defense. I don't know if it's an elite defense or a great defense, but it's at, it's at worst a pretty darn good defense. And it's going to be a tough test for Michigan State. We will talk about why in just a minute here. But first, I want to tell you about Vivid Seats, guys. Been saying it all week. I've been saying it since the start of the season, and you know this. If you want to get to Spartan Stadium for a game this year, if you want to go to this game, I'm sure there's there's still tickets available. If you want to see Mark D'Antonio potentially set the school record for victories, then you need to get to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the specific section and row of your choice, all in the easy-to-use Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows you, the fan, to earn credit back. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards. It's easy. You go to the App Store, Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, and you will be automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Then you just start buying tickets and earning credit. 
And with Vivid Seats, every purchase is, of course, backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater tickets and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. Enter promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That is promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Okay, so what makes this Arizona State defense good? You've probably seen or heard, maybe even from me, honestly, the days kind of have washed together. I don't know what I've said on this show because I'm used to this routine that I've got and I'm just thrown out of whack. Uh, So if I repeat myself, I apologize. But what you're getting with this defense, you probably heard they're a 3-3-5 defense and technically they are. Uh, you've heard Tulsa ran a 3-3-5 and you probably think, hey, that's great. We already saw a 3-3-5. It's kind of this weird exotic defense and it's good. It's good to see it two times in the first three games. Should be used to it. Should have better success this time around. And I'm here to tell you that there are major, major structural differences between what Arizona State does with their 3-3-5 and what Tulsa does with its 3-3-5. Tulsa all the time, Almost every single play, three down linemen with three true traditional linebackers. They would line up two sort of shaded, um, like three, three, five defenses like to stack a lot, which means nose, tackle, tackle, directly behind the nose is the middle linebacker. The outside linebackers are directly behind the tackle. They're stacked kind of in a line. That's the, the way the defense was created. Tulsa does that, but then they shade the strong side linebacker kind of over the defensive end. So he's almost... He's not lined up. He's lined up where a defensive end would be, except for set at the distance of a linebacker. And if they read run, they basically blitz um, based on slants. A three, three, five defenses like to stunt a lot, and they slant all the time uh, on the front. And then they basically fill run gaps from there with what are basically run blitzes. And what you get from that, what Tulsa did, is that you get a six-man front uh, on a run play almost instantly. Uh, And that's sort of how they operate with the run. What Arizona State does is they'll have three down linemen the entire time. That's not a true nose. The nose is usually shaded off the center and which is just, you know, slightly different from Tulsa. And I don't think Arizona State's nose is quite as good as Tulsa's, although he looks to be a pretty good player. Um, Not as good as the guy who played last year who dominated Michigan State. But what they do, they have three down linemen, and they like to, and it depends a lot on formation, they like to move those linebackers around a lot. The middle linebacker is generally lined up behind the nose tackle um, in that sort of traditional middle linebacker spot. And then the outside backers sometimes are at a stand-up end position right on the line, so you get kind of a 5-1. They do a lot of that against spread teams, so we could see some of that. Sometimes they will... One of them will be on the line. The other one will be set back, and it's like a 4-2. Sometimes they'll bring one of those hybrid safety guys in, walk one of the linebackers up to an end, and have kind of a 4-3 look with seven men in the box, depending on the formation. And you saw kind of all of this against Michigan State last year because Michigan State against Arizona State uh, would line up heavy, and then they'd sometimes line up in spread formations. And so you get a little bit more versatility with them. It's a little bit tougher to kind of know where everyone is and figure out where everyone is. And that's kind of the purpose of the defense. Really the three, three, five is it's you get disruptors up front and then you put a bunch of athletes all over the field 
a little bit smaller than your typical defense and you kind of run around with them, move them around, blitz them, make them hard to find, hard to pick up. And it's basically like, hey, go be a crazy football player. That's kind of the the idea behind the 3-3-5. And that's sort of what Arizona State does. They blitz a lot. They blitz from everywhere, which is similar to Western Michigan. And I think you'll see a lot of things happen in this game that are similar to what Western Michigan does in terms of sending guys from different angles. And that's how uh, a 3-3-5 defense like Arizona State can create a run-stopping front with only three down linemen. They like to send people uh, from different spots to you know fill the C-gap from the safety position on a blitz and slant with the tackles towards the, uh, towards the strong side or, or whatever they decide to do. So it's an aggressive defense. It's a much more attacking version than the Tulsa one. And so I think Michigan State, especially Brian Lewerke, is going to have some work cut out for him, making reads, making decisions. Uh, if you're running a zone read, you got to figure out who the right person is to read. And you got to make sure that you're not blocking the read person and letting someone else through because that'll screw up the play. Uh, if you're running inside zone, it makes it really hard. The three-three-five makes it really hard to double team and then move up, which is what Michigan State found a lot of success with against Western. Uh, they would double basically the the one of the tackles, the three tech, uh, the interior defensive tackles, and then whoever, depending on which side they're running the play to, one of the linemen would move up to the linebacker, and then you know. Matt Dotson usually or, or Cybert would move on to the other linebacker and you kind of run the zone right through there. It's really hard to do that against Arizona States because of the way they present their fronts. Uh, when there's five guys lined up on the line of scrimmage like that, you can't really double because someone's getting through. So it makes it harder to get to the second level and get rid of that extra linebacker. I think Michigan State will be able to find some success spreading them out and running zone inside because you get that 5-1 look. And if you keep that extra tight end in and you have the quarterback as a running option, then the math kind of works out there. So that's something really key to, to watch out for as these two teams kind of play chess. How is Arizona State lining up and how is Michigan State handling running the inside zone? Are they reading more? Because it's a, it's a way to kind of neuter what Arizona State is trying to do with their front disrupting inside zone, which is kind of the three, three, five was, was built in some ways to stop three, three, five, or to stop inside zone runs. So that's something to look, Brian Lewerke could be much more involved after not running a ton against Western Michigan. This might be a game where he's asked to carry the ball eight or nine times uh, on zone read keepers. And then the passing game, you know, Arizona state almost said Western Arizona state has a, uh, a good secondary. They're experienced. They have two corners who have been starting for the last three years, and then they got a couple safeties that are good players as well. It's probably the best spot in their defense, so Michigan State will have a tough time winning a ton of routes, so they're going to have to be smart, get guys open with crossers, throw into blitzes like they did against Western because they will for sure bring those secondary guys, and there is that little moment of space where he's blitzing before the safety or you know corner blitz. Safety needs to slide over and cover that spot or whoever's coming to cover that spot. There is a little bit of moment in time there where you can fit in a throw. And actually, Michigan State at times last year did that well. Um, they moved the ball at times against Arizona State last year pretty decently uh, and really botched things when they got to the red zone. They had a couple drives totally stall out on them that shouldn't have because of 
um, a bad play call, bad execution, uh, a number of different things. But they moved the, the ball a little bit with that quick passing game, just like they saw, just like we saw against Western Michigan, taking an advantage of their aggressiveness by using it against them, throwing into a blitz, throwing into a vacated area. I think that is going to be something that is going to be key for Michigan State to be able to sustain drives and move the ball. There are going to be plays, for sure. There are going to be plays where Eli Collins is bottled up behind the line of scrimmage. It's just going to happen against this type of defense. And there are going to be plays where he gets into the second level completely untouched. Uh, It's going to be a little bit of give and take. And you hope that Michigan State can sustain some sort of running game to keep themselves in good position to have to complete a four-yard pass, a three-yard pass, or maybe even run the ball on third down to keep the ball, to keep the drive moving. And there should be a chance for some big plays. When you blitz like that, uh, you hit a guy and make a man miss, make your defensive back miss that's coming over to, to cover for that blitz. If you can do that, uh, you can get large chunks on, you know, six, seven yard pass can turn into a 18, 19, 20 yard gain, just like we saw against Western Michigan. So some of the same offensive principles that we just saw work really well could potentially be uh, really impactful in this game. On the other side of the ball, it is a perhaps less interesting story, but one that really favors Michigan State. And I will tell you about that here in just a minute. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime. Let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Today's show is also brought to you in part by my bookie. Guys, if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? I don't, it's a rhetorical question. Of course you're taking the money. So why do you keep picking winners every weekend and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Did you know you can bet on games after kickoff? Like if in the second half it looks like your bet's going to lose, you can always just take the other side, try to get some of that money back. If you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little and win a lot, you can do a parlay where you pick three or four winners, they all come through, you win big. And no matter how you bet, the NFL and college football seasons are the best time of the year to bet. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. To activate the offer, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's promo code locked on. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, so while I think while I think Michigan State's offense against Arizona State's defense is the most interesting part of this game, and one that will maybe play the most role or be the most revealing is the way I want to say it. Be the most revealing about the future because, you know, like I said, if Michigan State can really light Arizona State up, that would be a sign of really good things to come. If they struggle and score 13, uh, might be back to the drawing board a little bit. Not going to scrap everything, but it's like, okay, that's a speed bump. Let's see what happens against Northwestern, who is going to bring another really good defense. Although, they're going to Evanston, so we'll have a really good defense when Michigan State's get when Michigan State gets to Evanston. So that's that's the side of the ball. That's the matchup that I think will be the most revealing. Where this game I think is won for Michigan State and potentially lost is when Michigan State's on defense and Arizona State has the ball. Uh, Arizona State thought they were going to have a good line coming into this year. Their left tackle. Uh, It's not with the team for personal reasons. Their starting center got hurt. Their backup center got hurt. And they're starting a true freshman center next to a redshirt freshman right guard. 
and their starting right guard is now moved to left tackle. It's a little bit like what Michigan State did, except for less experience. The other two starters, uh, our experience, our seniors should be, you know, in theory, solid players, but they have just not gotten it together as a line. We know here at Michigan State, you can have two or three good players on the line, but if they are not playing well as a unit, it's not going to work. And it hasn't been working for them. Uh, they have there's articles out right now. One of them is uh, at AZ Central, who's kind of like the big paper that covers them. It said something along the lines of the headline: uh, Arizona State's offensive line fixes won't happen overnight. Uh, the Athletic had something very similar in one of their headlines, and those are just not headlines you want heading into play Michigan State at Spartan Stadium. So their offensive line has been really struggling. Eno Benjamin's a really good back, preseason All American. They've done a good job getting him going a little bit in the passing game, but if you can't run the ball against Sacramento State, I don't know what you're going to do against Michigan State. And then you factor in, perhaps even more importantly, although I would argue the line's more important, but you know this spot gets more headlines. They're starting a true freshman at quarterback. 175-pound Jaden Daniels, high four-star recruit, great talent, great upside, probably going to be a really good player. His backup's a true freshman. Uh, Arizona State does not want to rely on him to win them this game. And the only shot they have is their defense really holding tight, holding Michigan State to like 14, 17, somewhere in there. And they're able to hit a big player too in the pass game. Or Eno Benjamin gets loose and breaks a big one. Um, and that's just a tough ask. It's real. Like this is Jaden Daniels' first true road start. Think of yourself as a 19-year-old, 19-year-old you, skinny, still growing into your body, haven't filled out yet, playing Division I football, traveling across the country for a national TV game in your third college football game against one of, if not the top defenses in the entire country after already having played two games where you got sacked a ton against really crappy teams. He got sacked five times, five times against Kent State. Like, that is not a good recipe for success. Arizona State might be better off just kind of punting on second down. Like, try it on first down. If it doesn't go well, time to punt. Their offense is, I think, 105th in SP+, which is not great um, and just not going to get it done against the defense that Michigan State has. And that's where the big disadvantage or big advantage for Michigan State is, is you've got a unit with just a crap load of experience, talent, pros, guys who could be in the NFL right now, guys who are insane, hungry, want revenge from last season, huge night, huge game, big, you know, big recruiting weekend, big TV weekend. It's it's a thing. It's a big game. And you got all that uh, and on the other side, you're bringing in a true freshman center, snapping to a true freshman quarterback with a makeshift offensive line that is just not ready to, to, to get things going yet. Maybe halfway through the season, they figure some things out and they're able to get that offense going a bit because there is talent. Eno Benjamin's really good. Jane Daniels is a talented kid. They have good receivers. Uh, it's just not, they're not ready. Maybe they, you know, if they take a nice step forward, think about that. Five sacks against Kent State. If they take a nice step forward here and show real improvement, what's Michigan State going to get? Four sacks, five sacks, six sacks, eight tackles for a loss, 10 tackles for a loss. Like 
it is uh, no matter how you look at it it's just one of those things that just seems so obvious that like what is the rub here what is the other side of this am i missing something there's no way this plays out any other way than badly for arizona state it's college football weird things happen guys grow up right in front of eyes maybe jaden daniels has a breakout game makes some big plays and it's just like uh oh he's going to be a problem for college football for the next 3 years maybe that happens but if I were a betting man, I would really st- struggle to put much faith in that Arizona State offense right now. And I think that's where the game's going to be decided. And these, the stuff on the other side, as long as Michigan State on the offensive side of the ball cannot shoot themselves in the foot, can be competent, there's enough talent there where they can get to three scores and score in the mid-20s. And if they do, this game is absolutely over. And that's kind of how I see this sucker playing out. Okay. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for bearing with me over these last couple of days. I feel bad not being able to get shows out to you. I know completely out of my control, um, but I still like doing these. I really like providing information and interacting with you guys on Twitter and all the feedback. And it's like I always say, it's just really a rewarding, enjoyable experience doing the show. So I missed it the last couple of days, not really being able to go through the proper routine. So I know this won't be as listened to because there's just not as much time between posting time and kickoff that it'll become outdated quickly. But I do thank everyone who did take the time to check out the show uh, in the last couple of days, despite it being off its regular schedule. So thank you so much. We'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled programming, unless a random storm comes through and just wipes everything out again, in which case I'm going to move to some place that just doesn't have storms because I'm, I'm tired of not having power. So that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back Monday with another week of Locked on Spartans. We will see you then.